This is the spirit of leading. Where we delve into the heart and soul of everyday leadership. Because a better world begins with each and every one of us making leadership real to our family, our workplace, and our community. The world needs you to be empowered to lead, someone who can and will make a difference. So let's get started. Have you ever been confronted with a moment of truth? How did you handle it? I'm Garland McWaters, and welcome to The Spirit of Leading. This episode is a little different. When you visit the homepage of my website, you'll see in the sidebar a notice featuring three books I've written on the theme, A Workplace Story of an Empowering Life. And there's a tab at the top of the page directing you to my leadership book series. The series is a narrative about how a young leader, a new supervisor named Marcus Wynn, grows into his leadership responsibilities. The first book, Marcus Wynn's Moment of Truth, sets the stage about how he must confront the issue that he's not living up to the expectations that his managers had of him when he was promoted. In this podcast, I present an audio version of the first chapter. The first step to any improvement, professional or otherwise, is just confronting the truth that one needs to do better. Chapter one is entitled, The Getaway. The first drops of a looming rain splattered on the windshield of Marcus Wynn's Nissan 370Z as he sped up the Will Rogers Turnpike toward Missouri. Marcus blinked twice, snapping out of the trance he had drifted into somewhere back down the road. He glanced at the speedometer needle nudging 90 and jerked his foot off the gas pedal. A shallow sigh fought its way out of Marcus's chest, past his clenched jaw. Tension stiffened his body. Marcus rotated his head left then right, without taking his eyes off the road that was suddenly blanketed by a windblown downpour. He turned the windshield wipers on high and let the speed settle down to 65. Another sigh. This one deeper and slower. But the tension compressing his body resisted every breath. He couldn't get to his sister's home fast enough. He had to get away. The water spray trailing from the semi ahead of him only made visibility worse. Usually Marcus would blow past such a lumbering obstacle, but this time his anxiety backed him off and he slowed even more. The exit to a turnpike gas station and restaurant appeared. Time to de-stress. He lifted his foot off the gas and took the exit ramp. The words from his supervisor, Aaron Morales, still stung him as Marcus pulled into a parking space next to a minivan. Its occupants eyeballed the restaurant's front door, weighing whether to make a dash for it through the deluge. The disappointment in Aaron's voice reverberated in Marcus's head each time he replayed the sentence, We might have overestimated your readiness to take on this promotion. Marcus wasn't even sure what that comment foretold, termination, demotion, or other forms of humiliation. All he knew for certain was that he felt broadsided, betrayed, and angry. The minivan doors to his left flung open, 
and a couple in their fifties bolted for the entrance, covering their heads with windbreakers. Marcus sat tight. The wipers repeated their back-and-forth cadence, marking time to the syllables stuck in his head. Overestimated, 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 overestimated. Marcus knew Aaron was wrong about him. He had always performed. Results were his calling card, and he would not be thwarted. An incoming call broke the trance. It was Lauren, his oldest sister. Hey, sis, what's up? Marcus tried to sound upbeat. I guess you're still coming up tonight. I haven't heard from you lately, Lauren said. Yeah, in fact, I was able to get away a little early. I'm waiting out a rainstorm here at the restaurant on the turnpike. Well, as usual, the kids are looking forward to seeing their Uncle Mark. Are you still planning to stay until Monday? You can count on it. I need this getaway. I should be there in a couple of hours. Need the getaway? Is everything all right? You sound a little distracted. Yeah, yeah, everything's fine. Give everyone my love. Marcus into the call, shut off the engine, and stepped out into the downpour unprotected. A slight unexpected chill had blown in with the mid-October rainstorm, evoking an involuntary shiver from Marcus. It had the effect of a quick slap, yet Marcus took his time getting inside the restaurant. The hostess seated him at a booth next to the window. Marcus gazed outside. The rain looked as if it would continue for a while. The trance was back. I brought you some extra napkins, the hostess said as she placed them directly in front of a drenched Marcus. A small puddle had quickly formed from the rain dripping from his forehead and saturated hair. Huh? Marcus came to, oh yeah, yeah, thanks. I hadn't noticed. Brandy will be your server, the hostess informed him and walked away. Marcus covered the puddle with one napkin and wiped his forehead with the remaining one. The waitress, who appeared to be in her early twenties, approached. Hi, I'm Brandy. I'll be serving you. Need more napkins? she offered. A couple of more would be nice, Marcus replied. Brandy produced two more she had brought just in case. Need more time? Who are you ready to order? Brandy inquired. Uh, Marcus glanced up at her name tag to confirm her name. Brandy, how about some hot tea? Herbal, if you have it. Sure, no problem. She wrote on the order pad. Got chamomile and cinnamon apple. Chamomile would be fine, Marcus ordered, while dabbing up the puddle he had made. How about a cinnamon roll to go with it? You got it. And Brandy, could you heat up that roll, please? No problem. She continued to write as she turned toward the kitchen. Be right up. The word continued to haunt Marcus. Overestimated. If anything, all the wind kids had been known for being dependable and performers. He his oldest sister Lauren, and their middle sister Emily, all had graduated high school in the top 10% of their respective classes. All had received a university degree. Lauren worked from her home, providing accounting support to several local enterprises. Emily, four years older than he, was a pharmacist living in Kansas City, and he, Marcus, was a successful engineer at a respected energy technology firm in Tulsa. Performance was in their DNA. Their father, Andrew, came from a long line of successful engineers, and their mother, Melanie, was an accomplished musician and vocalist who stressed the value of practice, preparation, and performance. From their parents, the Wind children had learned to value education and personal accountability. No one coasted. Because Marcus was the youngest child, he had two successful sisters for role models. However, 
Being the baby of the family, he did not go without some spoiling, and he would admit that he got away with a little more mischief than did his sisters. Marcus liked seeing the link between his effort and his payoff. If he had to work harder to get the reward faster, he was up to the task. And when he won, he believed he deserved it. The new Z he drove was a reward he had recently lavished upon himself for his promotion. Neither did Marcus apologize for taking time off when he celebrated a win. Work hard, play hard, make perfect sense. He deeply admired and respected his parents. They were approachable as friends as well as parents. They encouraged him to speak his mind and communicate directly. He spoke the truth as he understood it. He was focused and relentless, setting goals and following through on projects he believed in. He expected his managers to give him clear objectives, then step back and let him make it happen his way. He relished the praise, yet criticism, especially when he was putting out so much effort, came across as harsh and unwarranted. So, when he was offered a promotion after being with the company only four and a half years, Marcus took it as a signal that he was on a fast track to move up. Team supervisor today, project manager in no time at all. My way, right away, worked for him. That's why Aaron's criticism cut him to the bone and left him dazed. I don't understand what has changed, Marcus thought. Marcus stared pensively at the dark screen of the phone laying on the table. He picked it up, cradling it in his left palm. Instinctively, he pressed the home button with his thumb and the screen burst alive with application icons. Two more taps, phone, then favorites, and his parents' name popped up, ready to be dialed. They had always been there to help him sort through tough or important decisions, his dad especially. Marcus consulted with them before accepting the promotion with their enthusiastic support. Marcus reached for the call button. A sheet of rain slapped hard against the window where he was seated, freezing his action. No, Marcus whispered to himself. He had years of their advice to work with. He finished the thought. This time I can figure this out on my own. Marcus laid the phone back on the table and turned his attention to the storm outside. The phone vibrated against the tabletop. It was a text from Brad, one of the three engineers on his team. Need your okay to release report. Aaron said you left early again. Just what I need, Marcus thought. I'm sure Brad couldn't wait to let everyone know I got an early start on the weekend while they had to stay. Brad came to Millennium Energy a couple of months before Marcus. Brad was equally ambitious, but in a different way. He played everything safe and close to the vest. Marcus thought Brad held back while others took all the risks. Then he raced in to assert his involvement and be around for the success and recognition. To hear Brad tell it, most good ideas were originally his in some form. But, rather than make decisions that were well within his right, he sought the approval of others first. If things went badly, Brad could always say someone told him to take action against his better judgment. This text was a case in point. Brad did not need Marcus's approval. The report was Brad's assignment. The jerk just wants to say I wasn't around when the team needed my support. I'm sure he'll milk this for a few days. What's this left early crap? I told everyone, and Aaron said it was okay. Brad was a pain for Marcus to deal with. A couple of years older than Marcus... Brad thought he would automatically be promoted when the additional supervisor position was announced. Neither of the other engineers wanted the job. Dan, the team's senior engineer, did not want any additional responsibilities. Sierra, the other engineer, admitted she did not have the energy for the job with two teenagers to care for as a single mom. 
Marcus was brought over from another of Aaron's project teams to take on the newly created supervisor position. All Marcus wanted from Brad was for him to do his job, keep his mouth shut, and his attitude to himself. Marcus punched in his reply, It's your report. Do as you please. Marcus took his time with the cinnamon roll and two cups of tea. He had just about dried out. A ray of sunlight peeked through and cast itself on the table. Marcus glanced at his watch. Forty minutes had passed. Time to get back on the road. The tab came to $6.43. Marcus dropped a $10 bill on the table and left. Marcus felt a little more relaxed as he settled into the driver's seat and accelerated to turnpike speed. The rain had moved southeast, but the chill lingered. He wished he could shake the emptiness in the pit of his stomach and the growing sense of vulnerability overtaking him. It just wasn't fair. When Marcus took the reins of the team in March, he felt his energy and desire to win would set a high mark and motivate everyone. He plunged into the workload, as he always had, putting in 50 to 55 hours a week. Not everyone followed suit, however, even though he continually encouraged them to stay focused. At times he wondered why everyone didn't share his sense of urgency and drive for perfection. His conversation with Aaron that morning kept running through his mind, mile after mile. She had enthusiastically supported his promotion. Aaron had been with Millennium Energy from its early days, and her opinions carried considerable weight. Marcus believed she was destined for a senior management position. It seemed out of character that Aaron spoke to him as if his drive to excel were counterproductive. Team members seem edgy and uptight, Marcus. They seem to be afraid to take even minimal risk to avoid making mistakes so that you won't criticize them. Marcus rebutted, Well, I shouldn't have to coddle them. They're professionals, and they should be expected to perform. Aaron didn't stop there. I don't see you interacting much with your team members individually. You seem to be in your own world at their expense. They know what's expected. I set definite goals and expect them to deliver, Marcus countered. Again from Aaron, The texts need your attention, and you're not available. They get the feeling from you that they aren't important. Frankly, I think they're looking more to Brad for supervision than to you. Brad needs to spend more time doing his own job and less time smoozing the staff, including you, Marcus blurted. That's when Aaron spoke the phrase that had been burning in his gut. We might have overestimated your readiness to take on this promotion. Then she set her jaw and trying to maintain her composure, told him, I know you have Monday off. I think you should leave work now and take time to reflect on this conversation. So, here he was, on his way for what was supposed to be a relaxing, long weekend with his sister's family. What in the world does she expect me to reflect on? Marcus wondered. Since when is just expecting people to do their job unreasonable. I think I'll just try to shake this off. And maybe by Tuesday, Aaron will realize that she's overreacting to unfounded and unfair complaining. So how's Marcus going to figure this out? If he's keeping it to himself, how will he learn the lessons he needs? Who's going to show up to teach him? Is a weekend enough time to turn it around? What insights will he gain? And how will he convince his supervisor, Aaron, that he deserves a chance to prove himself? 
I hope you'll get a copy of the book for yourself and find out the answers to these and other important questions about facing a moment of truth. There's information on my website, empoweredtolead.com, about how you can get your copy of Marcus Wynn's Moment of Truth. And I'd like to hear from you what you think about it after you read it. Thanks for listening. And don't miss out on future episodes of The Spirit of Leading. You can subscribe to my blog at empoweredtolead.com and you'll get notifications in your email when a new podcast is available. You can also listen and subscribe on iTunes Podcasts and on Stitcher. I invite you to go forth in the spirit of leading, to live each and every day by encouraging the spirit, enlivening the heart, enlightening the mind, and enlarging the expectations of living in yourself and in others. I'm Garland McWaters, and in the spirit of leading, live each and every day empowered. Thank you.